123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm so stoked to welcome back on the program, Cruzy, Cruzy McCalligan, who joins us uh, for our midweek audio column. How are you doing, Cruz? Can you hear me clearly? I can hear you very clearly. Excellent. We were having some troubles with the phone lines. Always, always like that. When you need to rely on the phone, sometimes <laughs> they, they play with you. They can sense it. They can sense the requirement. Exactly. So, um, have you been? Are you are you well? Are you safe? Are you healthy? Yes, I think so. I think the sun is shining today, which is delightful. I hope everyone feels a little bit more positive as a result. It's been a bit grey and overcast the last couple of days. It just takes a toll on your mental health, doesn't it? It does. Uh, you know, I was looking at the, the, the temperature outside. It's 24 degrees Celsius. It feels yeah, nice. It's delightful. It is. is it warm outside? I haven't been outside yet. No, I haven't either. <laughs> I'm sitting by a very sunny window and I can tell you that feels delightful. So hopefully I'll get to experience it firsthand later. That's so nice. That's so nice. Wait, so what have you got for us uh, this week? Okay, we are talking about strawberries. Sure. It's a nice, light, light subject matter. And how did this come about? Where did you get the idea to talk about strawberries? Um, I think my toddler daughter is addicted to them. (laughs) (laughs) And I find myself having to race around supermarkets all the time, stocking up on strawberries because she can't eat enough strawberries. And I think at one point I was Googling can a child eat too many strawberries, which led me into researching about strawberries. And I thought, well, I might as well use some of this research to a good effect and share it with the listeners of the 123 show. Please, I'm, I, I enjoy the, uh, the occasional strawberry or two. The occasional strawberry? So yes. you're not a big strawberry person? Only because sometimes it makes my mouth a bit itchy around the lips. Ah, maybe you have a mild strawberry allergy. Maybe. Or maybe I've just, you know, gone nuts with it and just stuffed my face with too much and just irritated. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. But they're they're pretty amazing if you think about it. And they have like, um, they have this way of looking like the pinnacle of health. You know, like you've got like big shiny red apples and then you've got like big juicy red strawberries. And they have a pretty visceral reaction. You know, like they look good. You know what I mean? They look like a healthy thing you should involve in your life. Yes. And um you know what I mean? And I think um and people love them. Obviously they're consumed in huge quantities all over the world and people put them in everything. You eat them raw, you put them in jams, you put them in juice, you put them in pies, you put them in ice cream, milkshakes, chocolate, everything has some sort of strawberry flavoring flavoring for it. And the smell, artificial strawberry smell is also hugely popular. You know, people love the smell of strawberries. It's why you get it in lip gloss and sweets and hand sanitizers. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's a lovely, it's a lovely fresh, fruity smell. Strawberry. It is, Sorry. and it's included in sort of many. Yeah, like you said, even in cosmetics, strawberry flavored lip balm and strawberry flavor, uh, smelling hand cream. Always exactly. Has that attractiveness to it. Exactly. And um, I mean, the health benefits are pretty numerous anyway. So, you know, strawberries are a really rich source of vitamin C, vitamin K, vitamin B6, vitamin B9, which are good for our mood and um, regulating our temperament. Uh, they're high in potassium, they're high in dietary fiber. In fact, each strawberry, one big juicy strawberry, provides approximately 140% of your daily recommended vitamin C dose, which is pretty good, really. really? 
Yeah. Wow. They're very high in vitamin C. Um, and recent studies have shown that fresh strawberries can have very beneficial effects on human health, including reducing high blood pressure and inflammation in the body, and can even have some properties that may have an effect on the development of cancer in your body. So like, there's lots of good things about a strawberry, aside from the fact it's like very delicious. Wow. And yeah, we're not the first people that have kind of thought about, like, it's not a modern thing to be eating strawberries um, or to be using them as a health food. Ancient Romans used strawberries to treat melancholy, fever, kidney stones, inflammation, disorders of the liver and spleen, and many other diseases. They just, just used it for everything. Um, it was a food of the gods type scenario. I'm going to buy some strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're, they're really interesting. And, and actually, I looked into the history of them a little bit. And they have quite a fascinating... Okay, so anyway, in, them, in themselves, from a botany point of view, they're quite interesting. Because they're not technically, actually, a berry. Um, technically, they're what we call an aggregate accessory fruit. Um, which means that the fleshy part comes not from the plant's ovaries, but from the receptacle that holds the ovaries. Okay, so that's like a bit gross. So to, to clarify, it's like if you look at a strawberry, every seed on the outside of the strawberry is actually one of the ovaries of the flower with a seed inside of it, um, which is quite a fascinating concept in itself as well. So... Um, they have this. They have quite an interesting botany to them as well. Every strawberry plant consists of a root, a crown, runners, leaves, and little daughter plants as well. And the the, um, the plants themselves produce flowers that can grow between the stem and the leaves. And the flowers can be seen even when the fruit is is there or not. So you can have strawberry flowers in you know even if it's not it's not producing fruit. And what I thought was really interesting is that um, unlike like when you get bananas at the supermarket, for example, and you take them home and they're a bit green and they ripen up at home, right? Um, strawberries, uh, the ripening of a strawberry stops right after they're removed from the plant. So um, when they're harvested, they're usually harvested with part of their stem, which you know what I mean? Like you have the little stalk on the end of the strawberry. It's there for a reason. It prolongs the freshness of the fruit. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and so um, so I never really realized that. So if you take a strawberry home and it's not quite ripe, it's not going to get any better. Like, that's the ripest it's ever going to be, which is quite interesting. That's why they don't sell them in, like, little packets um, of just the strawberry without the stem in a supermarket. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. And so um, they're also, they're also, like, obviously quite a... A pleasant, happy, like sim symbolic fruit as well. They're the first fruit that appear in the springtime, um, and of course, uh, they and apparently the plants themselves are what we call perennial plants. They're able to produce fruit for up to five years, and at any point, one strawberry plant will probably produce about thirty strawberries. So it's not actually a very big plant when you think about it. Really, that's why you have to have one these. To yeah, have to have a strawberry field, really. And they um, have lots of them in Hong Kong, and you could just pay by the hour and pick as many strawberries you, as you want. Um, I've never been before, but I have friends who've done it, and you know your bellies are full of the strawberries. Yeah, it sounds delightful. And they, so, onto the history of them a little bit. So, what we know of as a strawberry today is actually a really fascinating story. But if we go back to um, like ancient strawberries, so ancient strawberries actually these teeny little things on kind of hedgerows and stuff. And these you used to get around um, in in England, for example, um, the kind of strawberries that were eaten by the Tudors. 
And the Stuarts in um, English uh, history were this kind of wild variety. They were these really small little red berries that would grow along in English kind of woodlands. Um, and, and this would have been the only kind of strawberry available around probably the 16th century. And um, interestingly, obviously, I always, whenever I think about the 16th century, I think about how smelly everybody would have been because no one was showering. Like we did that, I talked about baths and bathing a couple of weeks ago. It was like at this point in history, people thought it was like bad to shower and bathe. So I'm like, it would have been a pretty stinky time in history to be, <laughs> be alive. So I'm, I'm not surprised that they had a bit of an obsession with things that smelt nice in the 1600s, right? And one of those things was strawberries. And in 1625, Sir Francis Bacon described how strawberry leaves dying yield an excellent cordial smell, which again suggests that they were they were really admired for their scent as well as their taste. So they were a real marker of prestige in um, in history. But of course, um, these were obviously, as with most things, um, they were often brought to England from somewhere else. And what we have is these this idea of these things called Virginia strawberries, which were brought to England from America during the 16th century. These were sweeter than um, the, uh, the the variety they already had, this kind of like tiny hedgerow one. But they were very, very, very small. Mm-hmm. And it's um, and the big juicy ones that we see today um, are actually the product of um, a very entrepreneuring and enterprising rather um, French spy and firework expert. So, French spy. Yes, a French spy, and he was a firework expert. And his name was Amadie Francois Frezier, mm-hmm. and he lived from 1682 to 1773. And okay, so in 1712, he was tasked with assessing the quality of the Spanish army's defense forti- um, defense fortifications in Chile. And so he was like smuggled away. He had to go and creep into Chile and he had to kind of scope out like how the Spanish army were doing over there. And he returned from Chile. He returned from South America with this like um, with this new variety of strawberry, which they had there, which was this um, which which had been cultivated for many, many years by Chilean Indians. So the indigenous people of Chile had had these huge, beautiful, juicy strawberries. And now he he snuck back five specimen plants with him, just five little plants, all the way back to France. And, of course, from him to get from Chile to France in the 1700s took six months. Okay, so he's on this six-month journey home from Chile, and he's got these five plants and he kept them alive by feeding them his own supply of fresh water that he had, which was pretty limited. So he was like, I don't know why he chose to keep these little things alive. I guess for somebody to talk to. And um, and so, but but so he brings these back with him to France, and from those five plants. All of the large, sweet strawberry varieties we enjoy today derive all of the ones we have. So if you're looking at like a big, juicy, American-grown like strawberry, it comes from the five plants this guy brought in the 1700s. And strawberry is... Pardon? And strawberry is one of them. You know, that, that was, it was strawberries that he brought. What? So it was like that specific type of strawberry, the reason we have it and we don't eat these teeny, teeny, tiny little hedge strawberries and we have these big juicy things is because of this guy. But do you think the big juicy ones are sometimes not as sweet? Oh, I agree. They're not as sweet. They're totally not sweet, but they look more attractive, I guess. <laughs> so that's what it's about. Um, 
But, but yeah, suppose, we don't want it too sweet as well. It's too sugary, and we want to cut down on the sugar. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, it's all it's all about this guy. So he brought them all the way with him, um, which I kind of found really really fascinating. But that's that's what happened. Um, but of course, like other cultures have um always had kind of a thing about strawberries. So like um Native Americans used to really enjoy raw strawberries, and they used to make strawberry flavored cornbread, which sounds delicious. <laughs> Um, but then other people have made things that don't sound as delicious. Um, for example, uh, it used to be thought that strawberries were aphrodisiacs, um, which I guess is where like the champagne and strawberries hotel suite image comes from. But um, uh, newlywed couples in France used to eat a soup made out of strawberries as a morning meal, um, which actually soup. sounds really gross, to be honest. Um, uh there was a royal lady of Napoleon's court. Her name was Madame Tallien, and she used to bathe with fresh strawberry juice once in, like a bath of fresh strawberry juice once a year because she thought it would make her look younger, which, again, sounds like a huge waste of the fruit, if I'm being completely honest. That's so funny. I'm still on the French strawberry soup. <laughs> French strawberry soup, right? I mean, actually, to be honest, you put that on a menu today, people go crazy for it. I was going to say, exactly, very gourmet and very, you know, nice. Exactly. Um, But they they haven't always been kind of desirable as a fruit because, of course, if we go through history, people have had some weird beliefs about different things, right? And and for a long time uh, during the Tudor period, um, the English believed that the raw fruit of a strawberry was actually very dangerous and they used to they 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 kept thinking this until kind of the late 17th century so they weren't always eating them raw and the reason was is that they used to have this system of um believing that the body was made up of four humors um right you know like hot dry cold and moist right and Mm. that those needed to be kept in balance like a couple of you know lots of cultures have had similar ridiculous ideas you know so Certain foods are attached to different humors. So a balanced diet is necessary to ensure good health. Mm-hmm. Now, um, strawberries were considered to be kind of, uh, and especially raw fruit, was considered to be cold and moist humors. And that needed to be balanced by hot and dry humors such as sugar, which is why sugar became this really popular partner for fruit even though fruit is already sweet. So it's mm. ridiculous. There's no science in this. Um, but that's the reason that people started kind of combining fruit and sugar and strawberries and sugar. And one of the one of the ways that they sort of said, okay, it's really bad. You shouldn't eat raw fruit. You should always cook it. Is you're supposed to cook it with wine and spices or something. And I found this extract from a book in the 15th century about how you're supposed to cook strawberries. And bear with me because it's quite convoluted. So what you're supposed to do is you take strawberries and in um, and combine them with a good red wine, then strain through a cloth, put them in a pot with almond milk, lay it with flour of rice, make it thick, let it boil, then put in currants and raisins, saffron, pepper, sugar, great plenty, powdered ginger, Point it with vinegar, add a little white lard, (laughs) plant it with the grains of pomegranate, so add pomegranate to it, and then you serve it. And I just wouldn't eat that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so confused. I mean, what is it supposed to to sort of, is it supposed to sort of be like a, 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 I don't know, like a jam type thing or like a, 
I don't know. I, it was meant to be like a potage, like a little, again, a disgusting strawberry soup. It's like you've taken all the deliciousness out of strawberries and you've just ruined it. You've ruined it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it should be called strawberry ruined. Strawberry ruins, yeah. Strawberry, a strawberry ruin sounds like a really innovative dessert, actually. Yeah, gonna, it does. I'm going like to coin that deconstructed, you know, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, splattered um, of, of chocolate sauce and... <laughs> Um, and of course, um, but of course. So anyway, so this is sort of what we have with strawberries. And then, of course, uh, we find that during the Victorian era, um, Victorians were avid horticulturists. Horticulturalists, sorry, and they 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 loved to breed new varieties of things, dogs, plants, whatever. And so they um, they they kind of um, they bred these new varieties of strawberry, um, which were really like juicy and clever, and they were always playing with different ideas. And now, even though they were still um, now, they were mainly served at the end of a meal. Right. They were quite like, you know, they were kind of like, again, I guess a dessert thing. Um, they were at this at this point in time. So after nearly the 1900s, they were more likely to be enjoyed fresh than cooked and often preserved like in a jam. But we also started to see the um, the start of the idea of fresh strawberries and cream. So um, we saw that this was uh, something that happened with a French chef uh, from the Ritz, Ritz Hotel, who had a number of variations of strawberries and cream in a um, in a culinary guide at the turn of the century in the 1900s. And he one of the dishes was also strawberries Romanov, which was strawberries marinated in curacao and served with chantilly cream. So like people were quite innovative with how they were making these sorts of desserts. Um, one thing I wasn't aware of is this uh, attachment between like strawberries and cream and tennis. Um, and so there's this idea of like uh, strawberries and cream were were served at the very first Wimbledon tournament in 1877. So I didn't realize that either. Like it was like this kind of like treat, you know, I guess it's like when you watch like a cricket game or something and everyone has their tea break. It was kind of similar for Wimbledon back in the day, whereas now you can't really imagine like all these incredible tennis players sitting down to eat some strawberries and cream, you know, like in between their games. Fancy. <laughs> Fancy. They're like, no, no, they'll just eat stuff out of a, a you know, macro bias biotic packets that they can squeeze in for the maximum energy <laughs> dried freeze and <laughs> exactly um and so what would happen is that they now uh, now this was at 1877 and of course the development of railways during the 19th century meant that uh, fruit could be picked and transported um from like picked in england and transported to london the same day to make sure it was super fresh which is a really interesting idea so um the tradition continues till the 21st century apparently um at wimbledon people still eat strawberries and cream i think certain kinds of people otherwise it's like people like me who'd just be having like hot chips <laughs> and um and Wimbledon, so what happens is Wimbledon, uh, strawberries are picked at 4 a.m. on the day of serving, collected from the packing plant at 9 a.m. and delivered to the Wimbledon club officially for 11 a.m. for inspection and hulling. So they still have this little, like, weird strawberries and cream kind of tradition, but it's like, I guess it's just more of a tradition than an actual nutritional benefit thing. Yeah, that's that's true. How, how do you like your strawberries? Then? Do, do you have them on its own or do you have them with something else? Oh, I like them on their own. I like them after my daughter has um, 
chewed them and spat them out again, and I refused to waste them. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's lots of different ways to enjoy strawberries. I once discovered an idea where you, you put um, strawberries with balsamic vinegar in a salad. That's a delight. Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I can recommend that one. Wow. I, I once had, instead of sweet and sour pork with pineapples, that restaurant did it with strawberries. Wow. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, it still had that sort of tangy, uh, uh, well, that sour flavor to it. So it was kind of an interesting. It looked really nice. Wow, that is really interesting. But yeah, they're pretty, I think they're really delicious. And I think they always look lovely. I've I've seen um, recently, there's like a trend for like um, these like white strawberries. Have you seen them? That they're not actually red inside. And some of them are not even red on the outside. They're just white. They're white strawberries. And they're really, really sweet. Yeah, but they don't look healthy. You know what I mean? They have to be red to look like a healthy fruit to me. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna Google this white strawberries. Mm. What? Oh, yeah. Have a Google. Well, it says white strawberry Japan. Oh, oh yeah, I, I have seen them. Yes, I, I mean I I do know what you're referring to. Snow strawberries, they're called. No, snow, snow strawberries. Snow rabbit. I don't know. Yeah, snow rabbit. That's what it's called. I'm all right though. I'm <laughs> quite good with the good old fashioned red variety, to be honest. And I have to look it up in Hong Kong and try and try some here. Wow. Start of spring. They're oh, the first fruit to grow in spring. There are three types of Japanese strawberries. Well, according to the, according to this is the snow rabbit, which is sort of a, a bit pinkish. There's the cherry blossom strawberry, which is a red one, and then the white one is called fruit of the angel, Tenchi Nomi. Wow, that's beautiful. The yes. fruit of the angel. <laughs> yes, it's kind of interesting. Oh yeah. wow. This world of strawberries. Have you got a strawberry quote uh, for us? I don't. I couldn't find any. I think I couldn't. I couldn't find anything about it other than people just talking about like strawberries and cream. Like, oh, it was delightful. Like strawberries and cream. And I was like, this is not specific enough for me. I'm not going to waste waste this energy on air. Like, there's not. I couldn't find any. Can you think of any lovely strawberry? I, I can think of a strawberry song. There's Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles. Delight. No, I mean, you often hear people say, oh, you're the apple of my eye. Nobody says you're the strawberry of my eye or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, no. Yeah, I can't think of any. I'm sorry. No. I did look. I did look. No, I, 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 can't, I can't find any either. I, no, I trust you. Oh, no. Inspirational strawberry quotes. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think if if you can get your hands on some now and they're not too expensive, everyone should be eating loads anyway because they're super high in vitamin C and with everything that's happening at the moment, the best thing any of us can be doing is keeping ourselves healthy, right? So if you haven't had a good enough excuse to reach for a strawberry lately, I'd probably go grab some if I were you. Exactly. Well, how's this for a quote? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can bring myself to say, okay, uh, when strawberries meet chocolate, it is pure bliss. <laughs> I found I found that under inspirational flower quotes to motivate. What's that meant to motivate me to do other than eat? <laughs> I'm on a bit of a health kick at the moment, Noreen. I thought you could be a bit more supportive. <laughs> Sorry, but it is pure bliss when strawberries pure and bliss. chocolate meet. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Until we meet again. Uh, until we meet McCallum. again, like strawberries and chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much indeed for your delightful uh, audio column. I'm sure it's made a, a, a blissful afternoon uh, of listening for our listeners. It does really uh, brighten up our gloomy day. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yes, until next time. Thank you very until much. Until next time. Thank Take you very care. Much, stay Cruz. safe. Bye for now. See you. And